All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello, my quarantine buddies, and welcome again to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I am Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are here with the podcast. It is currently the day after April Fool's Day. Both of us hold up in our apartments for the time, ready to chat about another horror movie. This one, a little bit more recent. Um, if you have not listened to the podcast before, we are two friends that met over teaching in South Korea and bounded over our love for horror movies. So now we're here. We catch up every so often, pick a movie, decide to watch it, and then we're talking about it. Today's movie is going to be 2020's The Invisible Man, which, as it stands right now and likely will for the next couple months, the number one grossing horror movie of 2020. <gasps> How do you feel about that, Andrew? I don't know what else has come out. What else has come out? The Boy 2? Uh, the Boy 2, the Grudge remake at the very beginning of the year. Oh, God. Yeah, like, like, generally this is not a good time for horror movies, I don't know why. Like, this is yeah, not the best time the for beginning of the them. year, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Has anything else come out? Uh, Hansel and Gretel came out. Did it? I didn't see that one. Oh, got it. Yeah. I never knew that came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was about it. Harley Quinn, that was kind of a horror movie. It was bad. Oh, are we not talking? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, that was kind of a horror movie. How could you? That was actually surprisingly good. Cats. Dude, Cat, I fucking no, Cats was Christmas. Sonic the Hedgehog. God, that was such a good movie. It really was. I was very surprised. I was one of those people um, in my Dungeons & Dragons group chat... I would just constantly be giving the group updates on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie because none of them wanted updates on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. But I said, look, here's the first character design. It looks awful. Look, here's the first, uh, you know, poster. It looks terrible. Oh, here's the first trailer. Oh, my God, this is going to be the worst movie ever. And then they turned it around, and it ended up being a pretty decent movie. I I was very shocked. I've heard it's like a cautionary tale, though, because I guess, like, they didn't end up making all the money back they thought they'd make uh, by redesigning. But it's kind of that, like... It's like that kind of back and forth of like, well, they listened to the fans and they made something that people were more excited about, but they also lost a ton of money because people didn't go see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, but, you know, it ended up being a pretty decent movie. And yeah. it uh, did some interesting things, too. You know, well, the whole box office movie scene is kind of crazy right now. And a lot of the different uh, theaters, and or not even theaters, uh, distributors and uh, production companies are going ahead and they're doing some different things with how the movie model works. Because, you know, last weekend, uh, movie theaters in America only had a revenue of $5,000. Um, that's where some the box open? office was. Yeah, there are still some open. Oh, dude, um, I want to find those. It's somewhere in Oregon, if I remember correctly from the Reddit. But what I'm getting at is... One thing they did is they're releasing movies earlier on digital, so you can get Sonic the Hedgehog for like 20 bucks off some, I don't remember exactly what service it was. But Voodoo or Amazon. There. On Amazon? Amazon and Voodoo, I think both have it there. Gotcha, cool. Well, the other movie that is available online digitally, which they released early, was 2020's The Invisible Man, which we're going to talk about today. How is that for a segue? Bam! Well, actually, just to undo that segue for a second, though. Uh, we need to mourn the casualty. We need to pour one out for the casualty of Digimon Last Evolution, which was uh, in American theaters in March 25th, I believe, for a limited time, and it was canceled because of the coronavirus. 
So uh, the only U.S. release theater theatrically we'll get of the last Digimon movie is not happening. So pour one out for your bros. Sad. You know, Pikachu was always my favorite Digimon. Fuck you, all right? <laughs> it's obviously the Celtic Guardian. <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about today's movie. Once again, the Invisible Man 2020 remake. So I was doing a little bit of research in terms of the background of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by the same guy uh, who did Upgrade and um, one of the original writers of the original Saw. Yeah, Lee Winnell. Which was a little bit interesting. Uh, he had his hand in Insidious and Insidious Chapter 3. The uh, director's name is Leigh Winnell. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else has he He was done? actually in the original Saw. He was, um, he was one of the, I think he was the guy in the tub in the beginning of the movie. I think he was, he was not the mm-hmm. doctor. He was one of the original Saw guys there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, he did uh, writing for Insidious Chapter 1 and 2 and 3 as well. Oh, he was the director of Insidious Chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also did a little bit with Insidious The Last Key. Then oh, he God. did uh, 2018's Upgrade. Yeah, I just show you visually shudder right there. But now he's into the uh, executive position for The Invisible Man, and he's doing that. Now, this movie actually was supposed to be part of Universal's Dark Universe, the um, classic movie monsters way back when, where they're trying to reboot them and create a shared cinematic universe with all of them together. Obviously, The Mummy was supposed to be the centerpiece for that one, and that completely bombed. So now they're going ahead, and um, Blumhouse Productions kind of took that over. And this is a very Blumhouse-feeling horror flick. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd categorize it more as a thriller. Yeah, I agree. Horror, horror I, would not, I would not consider horror at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definitely some really terrifying scenes, and the tension is great throughout the entire thing. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely more thriller than actual horror movie. Because well, there's but, only, like, uh, one that... actual death. There's only two actual deaths in the film, aren't there? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But that is the uh, Invisible Man, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, where shall we start, Andrew? Well, I was going to ask you about you, just about your opinion on the uh, Dark Universe so far, as it has, like, or the, the iterations of it, right? Because there was the uh, Frankenstein launch, there was the Wolfman launch, there was the... Dracula Untold. Like, there were all these different things where you're like, all right, which which one of these is actually starting it? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're scrambling for it. They, they, they really, really are. I definitely think The Mummy was one of the worst ways to launch it, because they basically wanted it to be the MCU. They wanted it to be bombastic, lots of action with recognizable actors in these films, uh, just doing big set budget pieces. Where, I mean, I watched a lot of the old Universal, um, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula films, and of course I went up on the Hammer, grew up on the Hammer films as well, with Christopher Lee as Dracula, loved those, Hmm. and I think they're just going about it all in the wrong way. Yeah. I think The Mummy was a complete disaster, both, you know, financially and just was not a very good movie in the first place. And now they're trying to go around and experiment a little bit more and try and get a little bit more self contained horror films. Like, this is a very standalone movie, The Invisible Man. Yeah. Well, it's also very, I think it's not. It's very not an Invisible Man, Invisible Man, I feel like, too. It's not like. There's nothing, aside from the fact that there's a person who cannot be seen, this has nothing to do with The Invisible Man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's very not Invisible Man-ish, I feel like. 
Yeah, it, they do update it for a 2020 audience, and feels like, and they do provide their own little additional spin on it, mostly in the forms of, um, what you, would you consider domestic abuse, stalking? Yeah, yeah, domestic abuse, like the, I'd say the technological mm-hmm. advantage of it. The, the, the victim perspective instead mm-hmm. of actually following around the Invisible Man as our, like, we don't really follow the Invisible Man like we do in the, in the other movies and the other books, like, because generally the Invisible Man is the story of a person who gains invisibility uh, through usually chemical means, and they mm-hmm. slowly start to go insane as a result. Like the, the first one is literally, like, the guy develops a formula for invisibility, but can't undo it. And as he tries to undo it, he slowly goes insane and starts killing people. And like, it's kind of the idea where he kind of succumbs to his desire to not be seen and succumbs to what you can do when you're not seen. Um, and it's kind of like that. He's corrupted sick... by the power, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, he's very much like, um, who's the guy in the boys? Who's the, the invisible guy in the boys? Um, translucent. Yeah. It's like very much like that. Like mm-hmm. he's a dick. Like he acts like a, a dick, but then homicidal. And then there's, you know, there's, um, mm-hmm. hollow man. Where it's the same thing. It's a very egotistical guy, and he just starts to kind of, you know, stroke his own ego with his invisibility. Which, by the way, Hollow Man is a great mm-hmm. film. I went back and watched it again after watching this. <laughs> um, and I think it's a superior film in every way. Uh, mm-hmm. Hollow Man 2, did not know existed, watched it. It was all right. Christian Slater is Invisible mm. Man in that one. That one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like the Facebook message you posted where we're just like, I really don't want to watch The Invisible Man. Then I found out that Hollow Man has a sequel, so now I'm watching three movies I really don't want to watch. <laughs> But then I ended up liking them. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the angle they kind of put with 2020's Invisible Man, the way they kind of update this for a more modern audience, is the main character, played by um, Handmaid's Tale, Elizabeth Moss, main actress, and also a Scientologist, if you didn't know that. Wait, really? Yeah, she's a hardcore Scientologist. So, so, they have, so they've tried to launch the Dark Universe with two Scientologists. Yes. Oh my god, you are right. Wait, and I always found it funny in the Handmaid's Tale. Oh my god, you might have some connection here. Also, that explains a lot. I'm not going to lie, I do not like Elizabeth Moss at all. I've never seen her in anything except for Handmaid's Tale, and I've only seen a few episodes of that. Um, Isn't she in Mad too? Yeah, I haven't seen Mad Men. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, well... I guess I'll talk about the actors of the characters right now. Um, I don't, I, like, how did you think of her as an actress in this film? Oh, I thought she was phenomenal in this film. Like, I really did believe she sold the battered and abused girlfriend's role very well. There were a lot of facial expressions that she did. There were a lot of subtle um, changes to her demeanor that she did as she slowly falls more and more into insanity later on in the film. I thought she did a great job. But I'm assuming you're about to disagree with me. See, I, I just, like... I don't know if it's because, like, cause I watched The Handmaid's Tale and I, I liked The Handmaid's I originally liked The Handmaid's Tale. I think as season three went on, I got, like, season two was like, uh, oh, and three is, it's getting, it's good. It's kind of going the way of Walking Dead for me. But I felt mm-hmm. like I've seen her play this role so much and I haven't seen her mm-hmm. do much else aside from back when she was in Mad Men that, like, it, she feels very one note to me at this point. And I think, and like, I think it's gotcha. typecasting. I think it's, I think it's an appropriate typecasting. But I think <clears> in this, in this movie, and, you know, she's playing a trauma victim, which I don't know how people act in that situation, but like, Mm-hmm. There were times where, like, her expressions, and just like, it just like, it felt like the same expression. It felt very, um, who's that actress? Christian Stewart to me. It felt very much like her to me, where it's like, wow, your fresh collection's not changing. And, like, I don't think I, I probably think part of it is I didn't like her character in this. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are parts of her character that set me off, which I was kind of like, oh, like, like, either stupid decisions or, like, 
weird decision. I mean, the ending for kind of ruined her character for me, the way the ending happened. I did not think that was a... Uh, I thought that was a weird turn for a character to take at the end of the film. Um, mm-hmm. Which we can talk about later. But, yeah, like, what, like mm-hmm. and other, yeah. other cast members, what do you think about? I, I thought um, Storm... What's her name? The girl from... Storm. Sorry? Storm? Storm? There's no last name Storm or first name Storm. I can't remember. Uh, There's no Storm in here. No? Uh, who plays? Who plays uh, Storm Reed. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. Teenage daughter. Yeah, I thought I mm-hmm. thought she was. I thought she was good. I, I um, mm-hmm. it was nice to see her not in that other movie. Uh, what's that? Recall time. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> um, I'm glad to see that she like. She definitely. Ha- I thought. I thought her the relationship with her dad and and with um, Elizabeth Moss character was awesome. I thought they did a good like. That like. There were weird times where Elizabeth Moss character with them was awkward, but then there were times where they really kind of seemed to jive together. And I when they jived, mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Well, they didn't. It was really awkward. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, definitely uh, the friend angle and the daughter angle. So, just real quick, there is uh, Elizabeth Moss does have a childhood friend. His name is James, and she stays with him and his daughter for a good portion of the film. Wait, is that who he is? And hmm? I could not James? figure out what the what the relationship was. Like, because I thought he was yeah. her sister's husband at first. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. It was a very weird dynamic to set up, but yeah, they were childhood friends. Okay. It was they, a little they, throwaway they, line later on. They could have made that a lot more clear. I was really confused. Like, I knew they weren't in a relationship, but I was just like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Who are you? Like, are you are you her <laughs> aunt? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what is the relationship here? Why is this abuse lady staying on then? Anyway, uh, I guess we can kind of dive into the plot at this point. Well, yeah, that's it. Wait, any more thing before we hop into it? Um, okay, well, actually, no. Wait, wait, keep going through. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Universal Monsters. Right. Universal okay. Monsters. Who's your favorite? Universal Monsters. Who's my favorite? Yeah. Oof, I gotta go with uh, Frankenstein. Frankenstein? Yeah, why Frankenstein? Frankenstein or the Swamp Thing? Swamp Thing? Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't even know about, about Swamp Thing. I feel like I don't hear about him too much. I don't. I I was always a big fan of like the many iterations of Dracula. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but like I don't know. But I think that's. I more... mean, it's played by so many amazing people. You know, Bela Lugosi to start off, and then Christopher Lee in the seventies, and oh, it's so good. I'm watching the new Castlevania on Netflix right now. That's really <sighs> good too. Well, it's like, and I feel like too, like thinking about like all the Universal monster movies. I feel like Invisible Man, like Swamp Thing, they're kind of like mm-hmm. B tier or C tier. Like, I feel like you know, if like Freddy and Jason, uh, like you know, the modern monster verse, the modern mm-hmm. horror movies, like I feel like that's kind of like Franken or like Dracula and Frankenstein. And there's kind of like, I don't know, like, the Critters might be like Wolfman, or like maybe Chucky mm-hmm. be the Wolfman. I feel like Invisible Man is kind of like, I don't know, maybe like Paranormal Activity, kind of like mm-hmm. on the edge of the, the cusp. Yeah, definitely not as popular as the other ones, too. And that's why I kind of like Swamp Thing, because especially just the disgusting angle of it. Oh, God, imagine the smell on this thing. Um I did enjoy that, but... Are they going to yeah. do a new one of those? I know they, they they try to do that, like, the DC Swamp thing. The TV show, yeah. But... No, I don't believe they... I've heard of anything um, that's going to be happening with Swamp Thing anytime soon, but... Actually... But Swamp Thing for uh, the TV series was more of a uh, DC superhero thing. Yeah. But actually, that meant, like, the Dark Universe. Have you seen that picture of the Dark Universe? Um, the casting? Yeah. They, they released back when they were like, we're going to make the huge Dark Universe, and they had that... The casting um, picture with like, because originally it was going to be Johnny Depp was going to be uh, Invisible Man. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And there's that yep. hilarious picture of all of them staying next to each other, and it was like, because who was uh, who was going to be like, was it? Damn, who was going to somebody was going to be 
Bride of Frankenstein. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here for a second. I'm gonna retcon this because I just embarrassed myself. It's not the Swamp Thing. It's the creature. That's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, okay. That's that's why I was confused. God, I'm an idiot. Ugh, Get out ugh. of here. Anyway, yes. Get out of here. Yeah, turn in my podcast card. So yes, you can save yourself in the comments on the Facebook page. I'm an idiot. Yes, it is the creature. That's that. But, like, but I do know what? that's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're true. <laughs> but like, I, all right. That that cast though, I, I can't. Oh, here's the picture. Yeah, have you like have you seen that picture of all the all the cast for the Dark Universe? Uh, probably a long time ago. Yes, yeah. so it's kind of searching that up. Freaking right now. hilarious. Because mm-hmm. you can tell they thought they were doing some great things. But, oh, yeah, they were going to get and, super big and uh, all of that. But, again, they tried to do the MCU thing. They basically just tried MCU. Phantom was in there, too? Wait, what? I didn't realize he counted as... I have what? one. I know, he's, right I know he's the original Universal Monsters, but, like, is he, though? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he? Yeah, he's not really... I'm also seeing a picture that says, oh, wait, no, that's just a Doctor Who episode that's called the Dark Universe. Oh. That's got nothing to do with it. Anyway. That's hilarious. All right, let's dive into it. Okay, yeah. Right. Shall we? Cool. Oh, my God. Do you remember Van so, Helsing? Sorry. <laughs> Hell, yeah, I remember Van so fucking Van Helsing. Good. Uh, <laughs> it was bad, but it had... Yeah, we're talking the 2004 one, right? Yeah. That came out in high school. It had, um... Uh-huh. It had... What's her name? My high it? school. It had the girl, uh... Was it Kate Beckinsale? Was she... Yes. Yeah, dude, she was great. Kate Beckinsale was really hot. Mm-hmm. Was... <laughs> All right, am I thinking about Van Helsing, or am I thinking about the uh, the Underworld, the vampire uh, thing she did? I think she's in both. Wait, is it not her? Is she not? Does she not play Nina? I don't know. I'm going to have to find. Kate Beckinsale, yes, you're good. Thank God. She's in there. Yes, she right. plays I, me I would recognize that. I, you know, <laughs> she was my childhood crush. I, I remember crying when she said fuck in um, Underworld Evolution when Michael got killed, and I, she was like crying, and I like that made me feel really bad. Really sad. Um, and then there's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was almost like Van Helsing, but like comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, she looked really good in that tight leather. Anyway, are we ready to move on? Yeah, yeah, we're are good. we all good, Andrew? Good. Sorry, there's so many tangents I wrote down. Okay, anyway. Wait, actually, wait. So wait. we uh, kind of. St- wait, last thing. Actually, I'll ask you at the end. I'll ask you at the end. I'll ask you at the end. We're good. Okay, sounds good. We'll ask at the end. Okay. Uh, so we start off our movie uh, with Elizabeth Moss. Uh, she plays a character called Celia, also known as C. And I'm sure we're just going to call her Elizabeth Moss for the rest of this entire podcast. I already forgot But she name. wakes up, and there's this really, really good tense scene. I, I, I loved this opening scene where she just slowly gets out of bed in this really expensive-looking house. Um, she kind of takes a look and sneaks a bottle of diazepam, which is a, uh, kind of a sleeping agent, uh, kind of numbs you, kind of puts you to sleep, a calming agent, I guess you can say, um, in, under her mattress, uh, side tangent, that is the same drug that studies your sniper aim in the Metal Gear Solid series, I remember that. Good to know, good to know. Anyway. She basically goes into the closet, and she's got this little hidden compartment where she has all of these clothes and passports and wallets. And as she slowly kind of sneaks around through her house, adjusting all the security cameras, turning the system off, we realize, oh, shit, she's escaping her home. Someone is being held her captive here, probably the guy she woke up next to, um, and she is trying to escape this. And then this house is just 
dramatically expensive. It is dramatically gosh. There's this huge concrete wall on the outside. Um, she goes down to this lab at one point and kind of gets a sneak of this little high technological something or other that everyone's looking at, including this suit in the background we do see. We also get the doggo, Zeus, who is the best boy in the entire film, and I am very, very glad nothing happens to him. Well, you know what does happen to him, though? Mm-hmm. He has a stupid owner who, what happens to who him? takes off his collar and says, Go boy, and he has this, he has this great joy to leave. And then he realizes he has a fucking cement wall which he can't climb. <laughs> like she takes off the collar, is like, "Let's go, Zeus!" And then she hops the wall, and Zeus is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like there's this dramatic like. Well, she does say right before it that she she says something like, "I can't take you with me, Zeus." So he, she knows. Well, she knows. Really, she doesn't get. But then she's like, "But I can't leave you." So she takes off his, his collar. It's like, why why would you do that? Why, why would you? I took that as it was the collar that was kind of dragging him down. What? <laughs> like, that's what I, I, the collar looked really, really uncomfortable. So she kind of looked back at it and she was just like, all right, fine. I'll take your collar off at the very, very least. Maybe you'll still have a fighting chance. That's what I took. Fighting chance against the cement wall? The, the 10 foot cement wall? I mean, no, that wouldn't have worked at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just don't know what her plan was there. Like I feel like it was just really <laughs> confusing for the dog, who was like, "Why why did you take my collar off?" She was heightened emotion. She had been in an abusive relationship for God knows how long at this point. I'm assuming she wasn't thinking straight. She was trying to do something good. I was willing to give that one a pass. I, I was until I saw her leave the dog behind, and I was like, "You <laughs> liar! How could?" You? Anyway, so she does hop the fence, um, and but as she's uh, kind of taking the collar off the dog, the dog accidentally bumps into the car, car sets the alarm off, and then the entire uh, home is completely lit up at this point. Whoever was in that bed with her knows what's going on. So she makes it down to the road. Her sister picks her up, and her sister has zero idea what's going on. But finally she gets in the car and then just has to drive. When a uh, boyfriend comes on out and then just smashes the window in and says, you're fucking coming back with me, tries to strangle her. But they drive off and they're okay and they're fine. She successfully escapes. Um, and that is our opening scene. I personally thought it was really well done. I thought the slow build up, the slow tension, it was very Blumhouse in that way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was a lot shown and not told in that one scene, which I really, really enjoyed. I really enjoyed piecing together exactly what her situation was and the slow realization, oh, shit, she's in an abusive relationship. I really like that. See, I guess for me, my, my issue was, like, I think I already had that part spoiled for me, that, that she's getting out of an abusive relationship. Maybe the trailer tells you that. I can't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. Or the synopsis does. And so that wasn't, like, I was there was no reveal for me, I suppose. But, like, I don't know, that dog thing, and then him break, somehow catching up to her, find, knowing exactly where she is, and smashing mm-hmm. into the car with his bare hands was kind of, like, a little over the top. But okay. I do like that he... Bl- yeah, I do definitely. Like that but it him. kind of establishes he's a violent dude, and he's also strong as fuck, too. So. Oh, I hate... We'll have issues with that later. But, yeah, like, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I did like that his hand was bleeding. And I do wonder if they went to the police and were like, hey, uh, this... Like, if you guys need evidence of this guy being an abuser, he just smashed a window and tried to choke this girl. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it seems like they never report him as an abuser. They just, like, kind of let it slide. Um, mm-hmm. When they imply that, you know, nobody believe her. But I feel like if her sister and her were both like, yeah, this guy just smashed in my window in the modern day and age, I think people would probably mm-hmm. believe her. I don't know. But again, the guy is very, very wealthy, and he's also high up in the business world. So I'm assuming if they did go the legal routes he would either, A, retaliate in some way outside the legal bounds, which 
P has shown he is willing to physically abuse her, or B, just kind of drown them out in money and nothing would ever happen. So maybe they'd be, be demoralized by that. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, so um, Elizabeth Moth heads on over to her childhood friend James, who ha- happens to be a cop, and uh, his daughter as well, who's a teenager. And she's kind of holding off there for a while. The reason why she doesn't stay with her sister is because they know that she'll find them, or they'll know that he'll find uh, them at her sister's place. So sister comes on over, and Cecilia is, or Elizabeth Moth is clearly, you know, shaken by this entire abusive relationship she's just experienced and she's been went through. When her sister says, oh, yeah, that uh, ex-boyfriend of yours, yeah, he's dead. He committed suicide. And he left you $5 million. So yeah, that's a scene that happens later on. The attorney, they meet with the attorney, and the attorney basically says, well, $5 million goes to you because that's what he wanted. That's what's in his will. Um, And they specify, you know, this will be all taken away if you engage in any criminal activity or if you... um, do, 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 do. If you declared legally insane, that sort of thing, it's going to be taken away. But that is that right there. Well, and, and the so, the attorney is uh, his brother. It is the brother of her yes. ex-husband, mm-hmm. ex husband, ex husband, ex boyfriend. Were they married? Adrian? Uh, no, they were not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. So that's that. So she's left five million in the right there. Um, but as it slowly goes on through, um, she is kind of plagued by a lot of these other issues that kind of happen with her. Uh, so there's one part where she just doesn't think that he's completely dead. She thinks that she's being stared at. She thinks people are watching her. There's this really, really good scene. I really liked it. It's where she's standing in the front yard, and she's kind of looking around because she feels eyes watching her. And it's cold outside, and she's breathing, and you can see her breath. And then all of a sudden, just very subtly, another breath appears right behind that her. That was good, yeah. And then she goes back in. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. Which did give me a thought. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler alert. Oh, should we, what's should, happening... Should we, should we stop, give our impressions, and then go into spoilers for people who haven't seen it? I mean, I'm assuming we're going to get... We spoiled the shit out of every single episode, so I think we should go ahead. Oh, this is new. Oh, this is now. All right, all right, all right. All right, we'll get to the spoiler alert later on, but we're slowly going through all the plots, so. (laughs) Well, let's just just get... So should we stop and give the impressions, like, what we thought of the movie entirely right now? All right, sure. Let's go for it. Andrew, what'd you think of it? I did not think... I think that this was a movie that got a lot of hype, and I don't quite think it lived up to it. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just... uh, I think just go in with the expectation that it is a horror movie, um, or it is a slow burn horror movie. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't love it. I have problems. Okay. I really liked it. I definitely think there are problems, especially in the later half of the plots. Um, but I do feel it's a very tense film. It's a very slow burn film. There's a lot of great scenes when like a camera lingers in on a corner and it makes you think, "Oh shit, the Invisible Man's right there," or "Is he?" I can't really tell. The tension's really good in this movie, and I really like that. I really like the abusive relationship angle they put across. Um, That makes everything just that much more uncomfortable, which I do really enjoy. And then in terms of the feeling and just what they do with an invisible person slowly stalking you, um, I feel that's a great setup for a conflict. Mm. 
So I definitely don't think, I mean, probably the best horror movie of 2020 so far, but that's not saying too much at this point. Um, but I definitely do think it's a little bit overhyped. It's, it's a solid Blumhouse, Blumhouse movie, though. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I think the, I think what you just said there actually kind of is what I don't like about it. I think that the premise of Invisible Man could be done a lot better than what they did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. okay. So yeah, so those are we going to get into that later on? Sorry, are we going to get into that later on? Though? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so those are our, uh, our first impressions. So we are going to go into more spoiler talk now, aside from the synopsis and the kind of intro we gave earlier. So if you have not seen the movie and want to see it, you might want to stop now and come back. But yeah. Sounds good. Sweet. All right. So, um, Darth Vader's Luke's father, um, Luke's father, uh, the, uh, guy at the end of the sixth month was dead the whole time. Um, (laughs) so yeah. So that's what happens right there. Cecilia, Elizabeth Moth is just slowly being stalked throughout the entire, um, thing being that, and she just can't really prove it. She's, the guy who she thinks is stalking him is dead, according to his brother. Um, all of that stuff. She does go in for a job interview, and she just kind of faints in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down. And is taken over to the hospital. All the way down you, to the floor. Do you faint all the way downtown. Down? Like, I fainted a few times. I, I have a fainting disease. So, like, I, I, how, do you, how do you faint not all the way down? I'd like to know. Because when I faint, I'm down on the ground. Um, picture a, not quite a teenage girl, but, you know, kind of growing out of it, but still she sees Joe Jonas, Mm -hmm. and she kind of just goes, oh, dearie me, and then falls to the ground and then comes back up. That's kind of a half faint. Okay, okay. No, she is a full down on the ground, completely all out. Um, yep. So... She does go back to the hospital, and the doctor calls and says, hey, we found high levels of diazepam in your system. And then they also say, oh, by the way, do you know about this other thing? But we never find out what the other thing is because she's just so shocked. Holy shit, I was drugged. And she comes back home to her cop friend's house and then finds the bottle that she dropped during her escape from the home in the opening sequence right in the sink, um... So at this point, she knows she has proof. Okay, someone's fucking with her. Someone is stalking her. And that's basically our setup. She is being stalked by her ex-boyfriend, who apparently is dead, but possibly not. We shall see. Anyway. Yep. So what happens after that, Andrew? Um, Yeah, so after that, um, she basically, she kind of knows things are going on. She kind of freaks out. um, And she ends up enlisting the help of her sister. She's like, hey... uh, Mm -hmm. You know, things, she she very much thinks something's happening, so she um, calls her sister, the one who helped her leave the house, and wants to go meet up with her. And she says, let's go like a public place, so that way, if anything weird goes on, you know, if we see like... Okay, so we pause, we get a, there's, a, there's another thing I want to talk about before oh. then, before they actually meet up. What's that? Um, where she goes over to her sister's house, and her sister refuses to talk to her because of an email saying that she's like dead to her and never wants to see her again. I had a big problem with that scene. Wait, what? Like, I understand... Yeah. That happened? <laughs> yeah, no, the scene where she goes on over to the sister's house, and then the sister's just like, I don't want to ever talk to you again because you sent me a really rude email. Wait, are you... You don't remember that, dude? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was before. So this was after she was drugged. Um, and when she's freaking out, she says, I'm going to go to my sister for help. And we get the impression that they've never been on the best terms at all. Um, 
Cecilia maybe, uh, Elizabeth Moth maybe had a history of abusive boyfriends, that sort of thing. But, <laughs> yeah, her sister's just like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you because you sent me this really rude email and said you never wanted to speak to me again. And then Elizabeth Mouth goes back to her house and logs into her email, and there is a sent email to her sister that's this big, long, one-page email basically saying, you're a terrible person, I wish it was you who had died instead of my ex-boyfriend, that sort of thing, back and forth. All right, so I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I definitely, like, fell asleep a couple times during this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them. Anyway, I, I had a big problem with my scene. So, Andrew, let's say I sent you a rude email that said, you're the worst and I never want to see you again. Would you assume... A, oh, Dan never wants to see me again. Or B, someone's fucking with me. Yeah, I just assume that, but, like, just just you telling me about the scene sounds so fucking stupid and hilarious. <laughs> like, in a horror movie, like, you sent me a fucking email. Back off. Like, what? <laughs> yes. God. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, yeah. And the point I is, really I, did I not like that scene. Actually, recently, I put, it, I put it on the background while I did something, and I never noticed that I didn't see that. <laughs> so you watched it twice and you missed that scene. God, that sounds so stupid. Uh, like I honestly thought you were—I thought like you were going off on like a joke tangent to start off. <laughs> no, no, that's an actual scene that actually happens. Uh, yeah, so that's the uh, email scene, um, and we get it. The movie's just trying to isolate her. Like even her friend James is like, "Okay, Cecilia, you're kind of going crazy at this point." Um, there's also the scene too where Cecilia is sleeping um, in the same room as James's daughter. And Adrian, the Invisible Man, kind of comes on in and slowly stalks them and takes pictures of them. Um, and that is a pretty well done scene. I do like that one. Do you remember that one, Andrew? Um, I feel like I'm going to be judged heavily. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I have a vague recollection of it, but if you asked me what happened in that scene, I'd be like, I don't know. I know the Invisible Man was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Invisible Man walks into the room while they're sleeping, takes a few pictures of them. It's a very creepy scene. Celia stands up, and then um, the blankets, um, Adrian pulled, the Invisible Man pulled off. Oh, them. yes, okay, I remember that. So she, okay. yeah, she picks up the blankets, and then she sees the footprints of the Invisible Man at the other edge of the blanket on the floor. So she tries to tug it back, and it just, it's snag. It does not move at all. Mm -hmm. So then she starts screaming for her cop uh, childhood friends, and cop childhood friend runs on in, and that's that. So, uh, we also set up the Chekhov's gun. Daughter has mace. Mm -hmm. Good to know. This actually, and this uh, this actually brings up to me one of the problems I had with this movie, and I felt like mm -hmm. the Visible Man, the hand was tilt, like just tipped way too early. Like I, I feel like what I liked about the boy was the boy really there was kind of for like up until the point where the boy officially starts moving things, you kind of have that like, is this real? Like, is it not? There's a there's a very believable sense of doubt, um, and this movie never played on that doubt. Which is interesting because, like, it's a movie about a woman who was abused and mm -hmm. theoretically has PTSD, and so her mind might be playing tricks on her, and she might she be was seeing gaslit. Right there. She was exactly. abused. Yeah, like mm -hmm. so, no, she was gaslit. She was abused. Exactly. Yeah, like, definitely. Think, her mind's not all there. I think they could have played with that, and they could have at least like had had things happen that aren't one hundred percent, such that when the people say, "Hey, you're crazy," maybe she starts to doubt herself a little bit. But when shit like, I don't know, a knife disappears and things light on fire and she's, you see feet on the blanket clearly very early in the film, it really kind of like, it's like, wow, like there's this suspense, the, like, this suspense and the buildup is not, 
I think, as strong as it could have been. I think that the psychological mind game was a great way to go, but they never really took it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I could definitely agree with that. I definitely feel like they blew their proverbial tension um, load a bit too early. It's like, you know, the classic Jaws only appears in the last third um, third of the movie. Yeah. You know, Alien, we only see little glitz and pieces of it throughout the entire thing, and that makes it so much more terrifying when the reveal does come on through. But Yeah. Yeah, because well, I can see that. Because then, I could definitely agree with that. Because like, then the, the next reveal we get of him, um, and this is before the, the, the sister scene, is when she's home alone. I forget where the, where the father and daughter go. Um, but she hears a phone ringing, um, or she, hears, she, texts, she gets a text from a number, and then she texts it back, and she hears the phone ringing upstairs in the basement. Which, mm-hmm. And she goes up to the basement, which again is kind of like, a, wow, this pretty... Uh, hey, Andrew, Andrew, yeah. Andrew. It's the attic. Not the basement. Basement. It goes up to the attic. And like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, like, it's like, wow, what a, like, what a sloppy killer leaving your phone on, on vibrate on like the fucking above her bedroom. <laughs> like, Jesus shit. And she goes there and finds this phone and it's like, ooh, dramatic. And it's like, all right, so we definitely know he was there. Okay, now that I don't have a problem with, but we can get to that. Well, I think we're at that point. Yeah, I think we're, like, we're, if we're moving we're at the point right there. Uh, do, 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 do. Well, like, just in terms of, like... Okay, no, not exactly. Um, we're not there to chat. So, anyway, so back on to there, because I do have something to comment okay. about about that yeah. scene, but we'll get to there. So, sister got the rude email. She's not getting there at all. Um, everyone kind of around her just assumes that Elizabeth Moth is absolutely crazy, and she's been gaslit, and she has PTSD, and all of that stuff. The guy's dead. He's not coming back. That's what they keep saying to her. Um... At one point, Elizabeth uh, Moss and the daughter are kind of just hanging out in the living room, kind of playing with each other, when the Invisible Man slaps the daughter across the face. (laughs) And of course, it's just like, oh, shit, it's Elizabeth Moss who did it. She's, you know, completely going crazy. And that's when the cop childhood friend stands up and says, all right, listen, my um, priority right now, I have a cat behind me making pawing at me and I don't know where he is. There he is. Um, Yeah, no, and it's basically just saying, okay, we're going to have to leave. Obviously, you're not in your right mind. We'll come back when you get better. Or, you know, we'll come back later on after you've calmed down. Um, So, Invisible Man's isolating her. And the movie actually does make mention of that, saying, okay, that's what she's doing. She's trying to think that everyone is crazy, which is a classic abuser tactic. And going back into the scene later on. So she does a couple different things. Now she's alone in the house to kind of defend herself. She takes coffee grounds and pours them all over the ground so she can see the footprints as he comes on by. Um, She takes a knife and arms herself with it and just starts shouting stuff out. She is ready to fight at this point. But she does call Adrian's cell phone and she does hear it's in the attic right above her. And I think that was good. Because at this point, the Invisible Man is trying to mess with her. That was intentional that he left it up there. Oh, I don't think it was. I think that's just going out. I don't think so. I think he was fucking with her this whole time. I think that's what it was. I think he was trying to, once again, make her think that she was crazy and knock her off her rocker like, again. What if she'd done that when the cop was there and they found his phone? They'd be like, well, this is fucked up. I guess you're right. <laughs> like, well, it was the same thing with the diazepam, too. He he left the diazepam in the sink. She showed the yeah. cop friend for that, too. It would have been the same thing with the cell phone. I guess, yeah. I, I, feel, like, I feel like the diazepam is, like, a little bit more believable. Like, diazepam, it's in her name. 
So that's less weird. But a mm-hmm. phone that belonged to her ex-husband appearing with messages to her is a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <coughs> also, I, I love the slap in the face scene because it's so idiotic. Because there's no way she slapped her in the face. And the daughter's flipping out, like, you slapped me in the face. And it's like, how? Mm-hmm. You you saw her what you, like, yeah. when? Like, like. Exactly. But that's, I, I felt that that was good in heightening the tension because it instilled, okay, what is the one way the childhood friends, James, will turn against her? Well, hurting the daughter somehow. And just the fact that she's standing there saying, you have to believe me and they don't believe her. I thought that was very effective in that way. Hmm. I guess, I don't know, I, th- I thought it was mm-hmm. weird. But anyway, get that, okay. So, I, I don't I don't, I don't want to profile everything going on in the, in the movie, but like, <laughs> that fucking suit. So, in the trailer, we see the scene that comes up. And she's up in that attic, she knows he's, she assumes he's somewhere coming. And so she mm-hmm. takes the, a can of paint near the top of the attic and pours it down, which again, her cop friend should be fucking pissed. Um, mm-hmm. And she pours it in front of her. And you see, like, you know, she pours it on him. And you see, you see, oh, yeah. you see no, this in the trailer. Oh, yeah, he is smothered. He's smothered. And, like, you see this mm-hmm. in the trailer. Like, you see the kind of, in an unrealist weird gritty shape on his body and stuff, which I would have concerns mm-hmm. like, oh, this weird hexagonal pattern. And he, like, books it. Gets the fuck out of there. And somehow manages to wash off paint <laughs> on this <laughs> suit. Because this is, this is an invisibility suit. So theoretically, like, anything on it would reveal it. Like, dust on it would reveal it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't fall yeah. principle in this movie at all. They, they really kind of fuck that okay. up. Like. But, like, he gets that paint off of it seconds flat. Perfectly off of uh-huh. it. I've, like, yep. I've never gotten paint I had a, that, that quickly. Yeah. I had a huge deal with that um, issue with that scene, too. Because I'm assuming the way the invisible suit works in this movie is basically a series of cameras and projections. Um, all these mini, mini cameras all around the suit. Hundreds of them. And then they take in the environments and then they project what they see. So I'm assuming there's a little bit of talent for like dust and all of that good stuff. But paints, I mean, these are very sensitive instruments, I'm assuming, because this is a very expensive thing. Mm. And no, absolutely. There's no way you could clean all of that off in the span of like 30 seconds, all of that off is very expensive suit in that time. Especially because the camera lens is yeah. on there, like, that shit gets uh-huh. fucked up. And like, and we see the camera lenses, like, the suit is like, when you see this suit up close to the CGI, it looks terrible because like these camera lenses are going in and out, which like, if there is space for this camera lens to go in and out, that thing must be like an inch fucking thick. It must be hard as hell mm-hmm. to move in. And like, that's not the, Oh, definitely. Like, but it, yeah, it is a fucking... The only thing I can think of is maybe it's coated on some sort of a hydrophobic coating. I'm assuming it was developed for, like, military purposes, but that's all it's, I it's got. Like I'm reaching out straws. That was way too fast. Like, mm-hmm. like it like it's it looks like some, like, like Rosentai suit, like, from Power Rangers in terms of, like, its thickness. Mm-hmm. But it needs, it should be, like, at least a few centimeters thick to house all this, like, technology and stuff. And, like, it's, mm-hmm. the suit in this just pisses me off. Like, it, the suit looks so fucking <laughs> stupid. Um, I really, like, I wish they'd gone the Hollow Man route. I wish they'd gone, like, the, he is just invisible. Like, mm-hmm. like he he somehow got invisible liquid on him or in him, because God, it looks so bad every time it appears. Um, but anyway, yes, that happens. <laughs> um, yeah, and and like they, they have some interesting fight scenes. Um, and I don't know if this is Lee Guanell or um, it kind of does what I hate about paranormal activity movies, where there's a lot of scenes with her and later on with other characters where they like drag the people around a bit 
like and with her mm-hmm. it makes sense i feel like because he's taunting her he's like mm-hmm. he's like taunting like hits him with a plate in the face and stuff and like there's a little kind of go back and forth and he's kind of pulls around and like pushes her around um and i feel like she doesn't really do a lot aside from pouring paint on him and putting coffee grounds to reveal him or to defend herself because in the mm-hmm. end, he's a man in a suit. He is not super-powered, though the movie would have us believe differently. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, most definitely. And especially since uh, there are a couple scenes when like he picks her up and then just tosses her around. And I'm like, okay, I know you're strong, dude, but... It's fucking Brahms all over again. That's strong? Yeah. Like, it's it's, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, like, again, I, I don't want to detail the movie completely because I don't want people who have probably seen it recently or haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the uh, the scene with the uh, the sister at the restaurant? Uh, loved yes. it. So, um, do we want to summarize it, it, basically? Okay. So, basically, um, after she gets into the scuffle with the Invisible Man, she does take an Uber ride, which is the world's best Uber driver, all the way out to the coast. Uh, she does see a, um, go back to the house where she was abused in, and she does find an invisible suit there as well. Is Zeus still there? And then she has another scuffle. Is Zeus? Yeah. yeah, Zeus is still there. There's multiple suits. There's Zeus. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zeus. Yeah, Zeus is still yeah, there. Zeus is hanging out with Tate. <laughs> and Zeus is a good, good boy because she's down in the lab, and then she's looking at the suit, and she realizes, aha, I have it now. I have proof that you have an invisible suit. And then Zeus actually warns her by barking that the invisible man's coming on down, mm. which, which is great. Which is interesting. Like Zeus is a good boy. It's like, obviously, he lives there then, so... Mm-hmm. Point. I don't know. It's... The reveal later confuses me, and that confuses me. But yeah. so yeah, so she takes that suit, and she like, and again, this is where we see it the first time we see the suit, and it looks fucking stupid again. It looks <laughs> so fucking stupid. There's, I have so many problems with that suit. But anyway, um, yeah. yep. So so they head on back, um, and on the way back, she does call her sister and says, "Listen, I have proof that my dad ex boyfriend is stalking me. Can you go ahead and meet me in a public place?" So she says, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Uh, they head on over to dinner in this crowded restaurant. <laughs> Her sister is such a dick to the waiter. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> She's like, yeah, we know what a menu is. Thanks so much for dropping it off. And like, yeah, yeah, we'd like water. It's She's an absolute dick to the waiter. And it's so, ugh. Like maybe she just pissed off and maybe, like, maybe she's just like seething over that email still. And it's just like venting it out on hapless waiters. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, she's still pissed off at her sister. She still doesn't believe her sister. I mean, she's like, oh, I can't believe you're dragging me this again. But why take it out on the waiter, dude? Come on, Karen. Maybe, Knock it off. Maybe she doesn't want to spend much money. They're at a really nice restaurant. Yeah. Anyway, this is where we get our money shot kill in the movie, which is my favorite scene in the entire thing, um, where um, Elizabeth Moss kind of looks away for a second, and then she looks back to her sister, and there's this knife just floating in the table between the two. And it takes a second for her to... Uh, the camera lingers on it for a little while um, while the audience processes what exactly is going to happen. And then it does. Um, the Invisible Man is there. He's holding the knife. He slits the sister's throat and then hands the knife on off to Elizabeth Moth to frame it and make her look like she killed her sister. What did you think of that, Anthony? I, I will admit I like that scene a lot. I think it's really fucking ballsy of the Invisible Man because, dude, if blood got on him right there, he'd be fucked. Um, oh yeah, and like definitely. I think it's like, but like it kind of fucking comes out of left field, and so that was great. Like that was like it's kind of like I always want movies to be like with death because I feel like in a lot of movies death is always like punctuated with like um, some loud musical tone or some like some foreboding. But that one was just like mm-hmm. there it is, and you're like wow, that, yeah, that probably is how murder goes down, isn't it? it probably is just like done, <laughs> like mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah, it was really effective. I really loved it. 
So yeah, um, and at this point, uh, Elizabeth Moss is framed because everyone thinks they saw her in the restaurant kill her sister in cold blood. So she's immediately arrested, headed on over to a mental hospital, and she is basically abused. Uh, well, not abused, but put in handcuffs tossed into a room, strapped to the bed, while they end, uh, kind of sit around and they figure out what they need to do with her. And this entire time, she's just screaming at the um, doctors and nurses and staff. He's right there. He's right in the corner. Can't you see him? The camera, I really do like the cinematography in this movie because there's a lot of scenes where they just kind of linger on a corner or they linger on a wall and it makes you think, oh, is that where he is? Is that where he is? It does a good job hyping up the paranoia mm. that um, our main character is feeling. I, I both liked um, and didn't like that. I thought it was a cheap way to, I don't know, wiggle your fingers at, at the audience and be like, ooh, he could be there. He could be. Like, <laughs> oh my God, he's there. Like, I, I fucking hate it. Like... <laughs> I, part of it was just like, you guys are fucking lazy. They're like, because like, you could do that in any movie and just be like, pan over to the corner and be like, there could be a ghost there. And then pan, like, like literally anytime we're at Lindsay's house and her cat's meowing in the corner, I'm like, there's a dead man in that chair. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? And it's like, I don't know, like maybe, like there could be, like you don't know. You don't know. Could be. And could like, be. The amount of times that she just pointed at the corner, like, he's there, I know he's there. Part of me was just like, how do you know he's in that corner specifically? Like, what if he stayed behind you? Like, how much of an idiot would you feel like? And he's like, no, yeah. no, I'm right behind you, actually. Like, God. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I, do- I mean, at this point where she's in the corner right now, I th- she's just screaming at this point. Yeah. She is fucked up mentally beyond belief. Yeah. But uh, there, there, there's a scene where that's kind of there's a-, a scene where she's talking. She's after this where she's him talking to the cops and she's talking to her cop friend and she's like, he's in that corner there. He's in that corner there. I would just be like, yo, cop friend, you and I have some like, you know, we have a history. You're my childhood friend. Just like. Bring in a thing of Febreze and just like spray it around a wee bit for me. Like, <laughs> I feel like silly string. Can you just spray in some silly string? I, That'd be I great. feel like you know, like the cops are like. I feel like a lot of times you know they'd be willing to kind of entertain like to be like, all right, let's just prove this right now and get your, get your psychosis off. Like just like you know, just as, and like I feel like if she was just like, hey, like give me a pen and just toss it in the corner at him. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're. It's that thing where like had she been more, had she been able to calm herself down a little bit, she probably could have done something a little bit better. Which, you know, again, is, is a mm-hmm. symptom of her condition currently. So it's unreasonable to believe that. But as an audience member, it's very frustrating to watch that and be like, yeah, definitely. crazy. Definitely. Um, I think this is another scene, too, where she kind of talks to him. And I do really, really like this, um, where she's talking to the Invisible Man and she keeps saying, why me? You could have had any woman you ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick me? I'm nobody. I'm just some plain Jane. But yet you chose me and you have ruined my life because of all of this. And, you know, obviously the reasoning why is it's because she's some plain Jane person. He's able to exert more control over her. And it's the fact that she doesn't want him. That's why he wants her even more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I felt that really was a great line to up the abuser angle. Yeah. We also get our another plot twist where one of the nurses in the hospital informs Cecilia that that one thing that the doctor did not tell her that she didn't catch earlier in the movie was that she was pregnant. Yep. So she did um, take birth control while she was living with uh, Adrian. Um, However, Adrian did discover that she was and placed it with placebos. So she is pregnant. Um, And the attorney... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I I assumed that because there's one point um, where she passes out, and I I thought that he like raped her uh, at one point during the film. But okay, I guess not. No, I 
I they said something about tampering with the birth control, so I'm assuming it was just kind of a double cross. Well, I'm going to hide taking my birth control from him, or I'm going to hide, yeah, taking my birth control from him. Well, I'm going to hide the fact that I swapped it with placebos or something like oh, that. Okay, that's what I heard. I guess I uh-huh. guess that's more fucked up. I, I don't know which one's more fucked up. They're both pretty fucked up. Okay. Both. They're both pretty fucked up. Yeah, I'm starting to think this Invisible Man's not a great guy. Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought he, I thought I thought Invisible Man he had a clean soul, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> um, his morals are invisible, oh just like his visibility. Um, <laughs> his visibility is yeah. invisible. Can you have invisible visibility? Does that mean that you are able to be seen? You just can't see the air to be seen. I guess I guess you wouldn't know if you had invisible visibility. Like other invisible people could see you, maybe. How does that work? Uh, I'm assuming it's like a Dungeons and Dragons thing where like there's dark vision and then there's also uh, night vision and there's also like true vision and there's all sorts of different perspectives. Maybe, maybe he does have invisibility and that's why fucking rain doesn't collect on him and like paint comes <laughs> off in seconds. Like maybe that's what it is. He has just layers of invisibility. Yep. yep. So, anyway, um, heads on over. Um, she finds us pregnant. The attorney brother comes on in and basically says, Yo, so we know you're pregnant. Uh, we're going to keep on hounding you forever. And unless you return to him and you agree to raise the child. And she says, Fuck no. And then he goes, All right, fine. I'll be back in three days. Dude, and this brother's the biggest um, sleazebag ever. Like, Oh, God, he's awesome. It's such, a, it's such like a weird thing, too, because you're like... He is, he knows his brother is an abuser. He knows his brother is terrorizing this girl. He knows he, she, his brother just murdered this woman. Like, what the fuck does he think's gonna happen? Like, it, like, they never imply that Adrian has anything over him. But, like, why is he helping Adrian? Like, I kind of got the impression that's just kind of what he does. He was always, the little brother who was looked over or was glossed over because his brother, his other brother, the Adrian, is a big successful businessman who's, you know, buying yachts and banning supermodels and all of that. And he's just the creepy attorney. So I'm assuming it was part of validation and two later on in the movie trying to stand it up and trying to make something for his own self. But like, so the, the, what he's saying to her is, hey, come back to Adrian, who is legally dead, and have a child with him. But she knows, she thinks he isn't. But no, but like, what is the legal perspective on that? JK, I wasn't dead. I'm back. We had a funeral for me, but I'm not dead. Like, how is that going to spin going to work? When I go to the hospital to have the child, and they're like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm deceased millionaire tech guru Adrian Invisibility Man. <laughs> I'm assuming they would have revealed it somehow. They would have said, oh yeah, no, I'm totally alive. Like they do later on in the movie. That's, that's not weird at all. I'm assuming it wouldn't get to that point. I, I agree. It's not done the best. That's kind of the mental gymnastics I put myself through to uh, figure like, that out. Do you think he's planning to screw over the brother? Do you think he's planning to, to, to say he kidnapped me from the beginning? I don't think so from the beginning, no. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. But that's where we are. So Celia um, takes a pen from him, just secretly. Super cool. Um, and it's super cool pen. Gold it's pen. one of those ink pens that have, like, a really, really sharp edge. Um, 
And later on that night when she's in the shower, well, no, she's not in the shower. Well, yeah, she is in the shower. She's not naked, though, but uh, she's not taking a shower. Mm-hmm. It's very important we get the exact details of the shower in there. Somewhere. She goes into the physical room where the shower is housed, and then she is still fully clothed, and then she says something like, you're never getting this child, and she stabs the pen in her arm, um, attempting to commit suicide. But... In doing so, she draws the invisible man out, and she looks at him and says, Aha, gotcha. My suicide attempt was just a ruse. Now I'm going to stab you with this pen. And she does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the shoot, the suits... <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say well, something I just like, that one. <laughs> again, like, I feel like if he didn't want to tip his hand, bro, because like, that's obviously what she's trying to do, bro, just like let her stab herself and then, like, you know... Alert the authorities. Yeah, you're like... Just whisper to a guard, hey, suicide attempt in room 10. Oh, thanks, or dude. Or like, bang what? on her door so somebody comes to it. Like, mm-hmm. so many things you could do at that point. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, keep going. Sorry. Yep. Anyway, uh, so the figure kind of, um, the suit is malfunctioning at this point. It's kind of cutting in and out. So occasionally you'll see like a floating arm or a leg or a head somewhere, somewhere. But uh, for the most part, it's still invisible. It looks incredibly stupid. Uh, security team is. does... <laughs> I'm sorry? incredibly stupid every time it appears. <laughs> so the security team does come on in, and there's this long take shot of the Invisible Man basically taking all of the security guards down one by one. And I don't know, Andrew. I like this. No, it was fucking scene. stupid. He one-punches every fucking cop. This tech guru guy one-punches every cop. Like, he, like, there's literally one who he, like, slams her head into the wall. Like, all right. Shock. Another one? He just like. There's one where he stabs in the knee, or he shoots in the kneecap. And he, like punches him in the face. He doesn't face just or one punch every single one of them. No, but you know, he, but he okay. ends like almost everyone on the punch. He like, he knocks out like three or four guys with a bear punch. And you're just like, what the fuck? And like, one cop even sees another cop go down and isn't like, uh, this is weird. Like, he still like <laughs> looks at uh, Elizabeth Moss and is like, you stay where you are. And she's like, uh, he's behind you. She's, he's like, what? And he, like, holds the gun up, like, almost above his sight range. He looks around for him. It's, the, you know, prompting this man to take it. And, like, you know, one thing I'll say to this invisible man is, is he does not kill anybody. Um, there's one guy who maybe mm-hmm. he may have kind of shot. We don't quite know. Um, they kind of pan off the screen when he shoots him. I don't, was it maybe PG-13? Mm-hmm. Was this R? I believe this is It felt very PG-13 for what they showed. Um, but maybe it's just... But mm-hmm. I guess also, like, to a degree, it shows that Adrian was not trying to hurt other people. He's not a murderer. He is just an abuser. It was our, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's, maybe that's showing that he's not a murderer, he's an abuser, and that they can be different things. Which mm-hmm. I guess is interesting. It's kind of a... I feel like a lot of movies draw that hard line where somebody goes from rapist or mur- rapist or um, abuser to murderer, and it kind of shows that, no, a monster doesn't have to be that monster. There could be another type of monster. Uh, which I, which I, I, guess mm-hmm. I guess I like, so bravo to that. Um, yeah. But also, this yeah. is stupid. Now, the only <laughs> thing I would say about that is the counterpoint, and I'm not saying it's the strongest one, but, I mean, if... You have a guaranteed sucker punch on a person, and you know how to hit, which both of the people wearing the suit, spoilers, um, are pretty well built. Really? I thought his brother was fat. Like, not fat, but like, I thought he had dad bod. I assume... <laughs> we never saw him was a I, I thought brother was dad bod. He seemed like a pretty big guy. But even so, like, I think all you gotta do is, like... Okay. You know what? I don't agree with you. However. Okay. What about when he goes up against Ripped Cop? Which one was that? Out in the rain? At, at the very end, Ripped Cop. Like, Dad. Oh, yes. The guy who, like, literally yes. has pythons for arms. 
and like yes, yeah, no, definitely not. That was and like we'll get to that one later. Wrestles with his arms at one point, and I was just like, no fucking way is this happening. (laughs) (laughs) Like because like I, I I I agree that with with the theory that Invisible Man is fucking terrifying, but this guy his suit's wigging out. These guys have guns and batons. Like if somebody's not there, don't aim a gun. Use something you can sweep back and forth. Take out your baton and just slash back and forth. You're gonna hit him eventually. Like. Or at mm-hmm. least make a connection to then judge where his body is off of that. Just take a baseball bat out and just go, ah! Like, seriously, like, 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 one of my biggest <laughs> issues with this movie is the way that people address the Invisible Man. Like, and I think, like, part of his mood doesn't help when, like, so, like, all right, so, crazy fight happens. Um, she runs away after, like, eight cops die for her. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And she runs outside. And... We've seen this many times. We've seen this scene in so many movies where there's an invisible person walking in the rain. And as much as it's a cliche mm-hmm. and a gimmick, it's effective and it looks really cool. And this movie mm-hmm. does not do that. Mm-hmm. Water barely pools on this motherfucking suit. And when we know that this suit is just cameras, it should pool even more. And cameras should be reflecting the obscured image of the rain on one side of them. So it should be reflecting this weird, distorted ghost person, this weird like predator-like mm-hmm. picture. But it doesn't. Yeah, there's about two shots when uh, Elizabeth Moth is looking around and like, okay, there he is, and sees her him dodging between cars. But yeah, I agree. The only thing that really does with it is later on he um, popped the trunk on this SUV, and he's hiding under the trunk so that she can't see him because the rain's not hitting, it's hitting the top of the trunk. But like, but other than that, there's yeah. still be drops on him in, in under that. He's still got wet. Mm-hmm. He should still be pulling water. Yep. And then when he stands out in the rain, you only see a little water. You don't see the rain bouncing off of him, which is the weird thing. You see it like, I, I, I don't get what they thought the suit was. And again, the suit is skin tight, which is really weird for a suit that has all these cameras and technology in it. I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I have so many confusions. Such confusion. Anyway. Uh, so that happens. What happens there after that happens? Uh, so, basically, um, at one point, uh, the Invisible Man said, Hey, Elizabeth, I'm not going to kill you, but I will kill everyone that you care about. And that's how I'm going to control you. Um, and she realizes, oh, shit, she's going, he's going to Cop Friend's house. So, she races on over to Cop Friend's house, goes on through, and uh, the Invisible Man is attacking both Cop Friend and Cop Friend's daughter. And this is where I'm going to pause for a second and talk about the logistics of the suit. So, Invisible Man gets sprayed with a can of mace, and it obviously affects him. Yep. When he got dumped with the paint earlier in the movie, did he have paint all over his face, too? So, is this an airproof suit? That's what I don't get. Because, like, okay, maybe, maybe there's, like, maybe vision works differently. Maybe he has, like, eye things, but maybe he breathed in the pepper spray. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. th- it's, there's very, this suit doesn't... Because I was on the assumption it was an airtight suit the entire time. How does he breathe? And then he gets sprayed with mace, and I'm just like, ah, no. Yeah, paint on his face earlier, like, we see him breathe outside earlier when he's out in the snow, like... Yes, uh-huh. So th- it's really weird, like, this suit isn't consistent. And this is also where mm-hmm. we see the reveal that there's there's at least three suits, apparently. Mm-hmm. Because she sprays yep. him in the face, runs outside, and gets clocked by somebody. Which I assumed was the brother. I assumed that Adrian was the one in the bedroom and the brother was the one who caught him outside. That was my assumption. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So Adrian was there. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. 
Yeah. So, goes on through, um, we have our big climatic, uh, fight scene where Cop Friend is going toe to toe with the Invisible Man. Uh, finally, Cecilia slash Elizabeth Moss does take him down by spraying him in the face with a fire extinguisher. And they're able to see him from the powder and she just shoots him a whole bunch of times in the chest. The mask gets pulled off and it's bum a bum. It's the attorney. It's the brother in the suit the whole time. And again, the, the, the entire fight scene. So, like, we see in that fight scene when he's fighting with um, the cop, who, again, actually, I really like the cop's character. And so I was really excited to see him take Like, I, really, I want to see him take him down really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's when the real, real two of them could have been a good thing. Um, because, like, literally, like, he takes this cop down. Like, and it's weird, because at one point the cop even has him by the arm. And I'm like, yeah, okay, he has him. Like, if you have somebody's arm, we have enough kind of mental prowess, I think, to assume where his body is. Like... He gets his arms at one point and, like, still gets overpowered. And, like, this guy is in top physical shape. This guy is, like, a beast. And he does the fucking drag. He drags on the floor again. He, like, drags his foot. He drags him around on the floor, which I don't get in movies. I don't get in horror movies. I don't get why (laughs) demons do it. I don't get why this guy does it. He keeps, like, dragging and pulling him back, which looks really cool. And I think it's just, like, a very cheap effect to do, like, the getting pulled back effect. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm trying to think from the Invisible Man's perspective. When does grabbing somebody's leg, and they don't grab it and lift it up like one would to get leverage. They grab it and pull it down, which means he's, like, on the ground, like, crouched on the ground, pulling his leg, because you can't get leverage standing up like that. Like, he had to be, like, spider man it on the ground and, like, pulling this guy across the floor to make this work. And it looks stupid as shit. Well, the image of him looks stupid as shit in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's such, like, a weird trope that I, grabby, grabby. I just don't get. <laughs> like, like just like that. Like, like, don't don't you see that in every horror movie? Like the 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 oh, ghost yeah. guy like pulls somebody. And like for ghosts, I kind of get it. Uh-huh. Like I have Evil Dead logic where the ghost is fucking with people, and that's you know it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's the end shot of Quarantine slash Wreck where you know cameras looking straight at the face, and like it's pulled onto the background. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like in some things for that maybe it makes sense because especially when we see the end of Wreck and we see Wreck Two and you see that kind of demonic girl, like it makes sense. But mm-hmm. why isn't this woman doing it? Like what what. What does him crawling away and you pulling him towards you help in any way? Why not save your energy of pulling him towards you and just walk up to him and punch him in the face? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, I don't... It, it doesn't make... It's... I think this movie... This... For a movie that that is considered to be groundbreaking, and I think the abuse angle is, everything else is very basic and done better in countless films. Mm-hmm. Like, Hollow Man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh so invisible man is dead and shot at this moment um we kind of get a quick little montage about what happens afterwards um cecilia is cleared she's like oh shit someone was really stalking you this entire time so you're good to go we're gonna set you back you are cleared for the murder of your sister that's all that and we also find out that adrian ex-boyfriend was actually discovered in his house all tied up and the official story is that the attorney brother um, kept him in there and fed him and kept him alive while saying he was dead the whole time for reasons. Yeah, what what, what reasons? They don't really say. Like, I, I'm just thinking, like, the investigators are like, all right, all right, so <clears throat> so he uh, framed his brother. Like, he, he, he set up his brother's fake suicide and then kept him alive. You would assume... Like, and the reason they pause it is the reason that the brother says actually at one point, which may have been a great twist reveal for us, the brother, was that if mm-hmm. she is proven crazy, 
then the money does go. That's one thing he mm-hmm. says in the meet. He's like, hey, like, you know, obviously someone's money should go to me, but I'm not going to fight it. That's fine. You take the money. And so I think the twist, the, the appropriate twist would have been that it was the brother and he just wanted the money that Adrian gave to her. And thus it's kind of a, a mix of her paranoia, but actually the truth of, but for a different reason. That would have been an interesting kind of twist. But, um, which also makes me wonder if this ending scene was actually filmed after me. That was the original ending. Because it is weird that they set up a plausible reason for him to actually do this. Yeah. Um, it seems very interesting that they would do that. Um, I don't know why they would do that otherwise. So maybe maybe the ending, the add-on ending that we're going to talk about in a little bit was added later. Because it is like a weird thing. Like, why would you keep him alive? Like, what what would be the point? Like, maybe Adrian just came with that, you know, quick. But it's a very interesting uh, plan, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It does not seem very fleshed out, and unfortunately the movie kind of glosses on over it because, whoops, he's dead. Don't know why. Well, close this one. But yeah, that's that. Um, So we get back to some time later, and Elizabeth Moth is still convinced, no, Adrian's still behind all of this. He needs to go. He needs to die. So she sets up a meeting in our final scene where she goes on over to his house and he set up this nice big spread and says, yeah, listen, I know I was a dick nozzle, but um, I'm trying to be better now for us and our children or our child. And then she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, can I go to the bathroom? And they go, sure. So she stands up, goes to the bathroom, and then we kind of cut to the camera and we see a knife from the table float on up and then slit Adrian's throat. And then she comes back out of the bathroom, and we found out that that suit she retrieved earlier, well, she had that right now. She put it on, she killed Adrian, and then she took it off. And it was just out of the camera's view. She knows where they are. Um, so it looks like a suicide. Mm. And then she leaves... Uh, cop boyfriend or cop uh, friend is there. He was listening in the whole time on a wire just for support for her. And then he goes, so he killed himself. And she's like, yeah, he killed himself. And then they kind of have to share this look that says, okay, we know that we both know that's not what happened, but we're going to keep it that way. And then she leaves with the suit and that is the invisible man. (coughs) What do you think of that ending? So, I thought tonally it was very different Mm. compared to the rest of the movie. And I agree with you. It felt like they wanted that moment of triumph, but they didn't quite set it up. I have no problem with the revenge angle of it. I just feel like they could have set it up a lot better. I I actually do have a problem with the revenge angle. I I feel like it's not in her character, and I feel like her character just, like, takes a complete 180 at the end of that. Which, like, because if she was this malicious revenge character, why didn't she kill him in in his sleep earlier? Why didn't she, like... I, I, I felt like it was... Uh, I think... Okay, so if it didn't kill him in the sleep, here's what I would think of. The movie sp- spends such a big time explaining, okay, this is the camera. I mean, we literally look at it from the camera's angle. She wanted to set it up as a suicide, and I feel like killing him in his sleep would not have done that. Yeah, well, but I just feel like... I don't know. Like, I thought that entire scene just felt bad to me. Like, like I, I think totally I agree, but I think just the way it was filmed, it was weird. Like, because it... it like in one hand, I like I like the sense that she takes over her life. I like the sense that she decide. Oh, she's a bad bitch like, walking I, out I, of it. I hate I hate the she's a badass. I don't like that. I like the, I like I like mm-hmm. an ending where she takes over her life and she takes charge of her life. Um, I think that would I think that's a really powerful message. I think that's great. But I think that the way that was done, it just it lowered her to a degree. I felt like I felt like 
making because you know in the end what she did is she committed murder regardless of what the point is she mm-hmm. like it brought her to that degree in it and she kind of took advantage of her cop friend because her cop friend didn't know she was going to murder him he was there mm-hmm. with her to help her get a confession out of adrian so the goal was she was going to go there and she you know dressed up nice and stuff and was going to be like hey okay we can put this behind us y'all you know give into your psycho ways but you have to like I'm fucked up because of what you did. You need to tell me that was you. Because otherwise, like, mm. I can't move on from this. I will never be better. You need to tell me. And he's like, you know, it wasn't me, I promise. That was, but that, you know, the, to me, this is just a happy surprise. And surprise is where he texts her over and over again, which lets us know that it was him. Which is when she decides to go mm. and commit murder. Um, and she comes out, and he's like, what happened in there? And she's like, oh, uh, he, uh, he killed himself. And he looks down and he sees the, um, he sees the suit, and she's like, what? He's like, she's like, so uh, what do you think? And she's challenging him. She's challenging her cop friend to say, like, no. She's challenging, like, in the dialogue and what they're saying in the, in the, the tone. She's saying, like, she's asking him, like, you know, will you agree with me on this? And he's like, yep, looks like he, uh, he killed himself. But it's... Looks like a suicide to me. But, like, by doing that, she's close him. And she compromised him as a character mm-hmm. as a person, too. Um, which I didn't like. I thought that it was, like... It's not what friends do. And it's also, like, I thought it was, like, a weird twist for her character. And, like, and I feel like this makes it sound bad. Like, obviously, I want her to have her her character's actualization. I want her to have that release. I want her to have that, you know, that win at the end. But it just felt like the weirdest. I would have preferred the catch him in the act thing. Mm-hmm. But also, that means there's three suits. Yes. Which we never talk about before. And I'm also yes. questioning how she got into that suit. Because that is a skin-tight suit meant for a six-foot-tall mm-hmm. male. Um, so I don't know how that worked out. How how how? Maybe it's like Back to the Future clothes where it just kind of compresses and expands based on who's wearing it. It has all the cameras on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. That's, that, that, yeah. that, that was weird. That just kind of goes into a whole big thing about the suits, and we've kind of yeah. talked about length about just, that. It, it, Your issues the with The ending just felt... I did not like. I, w- I would have thought the movie was better without that ending, or if the ending had been mm-hmm. the legal ramifications, which I like. I know it feels it, it sounds stupid, it sounds weak. I just I felt like it compromised her character and it compromised the character of the cop, and like it com- like because technically, like like you know, we I don't know. It could have been the brother to a degree. Like we know it's not audience wise, but legally, it could have been the brother. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't. I felt like it was just a cop out and like a fun sting that I just thought didn't fit the character of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I definitely could. It does definitely does feel very totally different than the rest of the movie, and not in a good way. It just feels like, oh, this is a little epilogue they were putting on here at the very end. All right, all well, right. And they're talking, and because like, originally when the movie ended, I was like, oh, well, there we go. We have the Invisible Man for the next film. Right? Like, we have mm-hmm. brother's dead, Adrian still exists. But, now that he is outed to a degree, brother's outed in his invisible suit, there's more kind of like, uh, he can't just pursue her. So, like, it's gonna be a little bit, he has to be more clever about it, has to be in a different way. And that's how we can kind of continue, because they're talking about launching their, their, their new universe with this. And I'm like, where's mm-hmm. the universe go? Because both invisible yeah. men are dead. Unless she goes crazy and starts killing people, which again would be character assassination further. Um, mm-hmm. 
what's going to happen. Like, is somebody, is this, is the suit going to become mass market? Is it going to be like in Hollow Man 2, where they try to put it to army use, and thus, tag for Hollow Man 2, great movie, um, and thus, that <laughs> becomes the villain of the next one? Like, it's, it's weird. It's like what they do with the mummy, where, like, they end in the mummy with the mummy dying, and then Tom Cruise becoming the mummy man, and you're just like, what's, what's the plan for this? Where, where are you going next? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think? That, where, where would you I think this would go? Where, how would this flesh out the monster verse for you? I honestly think what would happen is if there is a sequel to this, or if the characters do show up later on, I think it would be Elizabeth Moss kind of getting a little bit more bloodlusty, and you hit it right on the money. She would become the Invisible Man, and she would go on a vengeance streak against fellow abusers, or not fellow abusers, but you know, future abusers. So, so go around. I think that would people? be the obvious choice that they would make. Like vigilantism? Yes. Yes. But then, like, how would, how would her... Like, That's what I think where they were to go. Kind of, like, track, like... Well, later on, I don't know about that. Dracula would be like, yo, bro. I... Maybe Dracula stops, and Dracula's just like, no, we, we're here to talk about the uh, Castlevania initiative. You know, I guess Dracula is kind of an abuser. He he takes people... Oh, yeah. To rapes them to a degree in different ways. Literally, one of his powers is to charm them. Hmm. And though he is her weakness, he can turn to fog and reveal her. Oh, yeah. He can say, right. fog, oh, fuck. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> and I guess Frankenstein, like, you know, taking corpses and mutilating them. Dr. Frankenstein. Um, swapping to swan in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the creature. Back- We've established that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just I don't know where they plan to go with this. I don't really want a sequel. Um, I don't think they have a plan. Honestly, they just kept on making it over and over and over again. They kept rebooting the series. I honestly don't think they have an overarching plan for this. I think they're going to keep going until one sticks, and then they'll figure it out from there. Like, and I think the interesting thing about this movie is I think what makes a good like what makes a good Godzilla movie, what makes a good. Um, Invisible Man movie is the gimmick, is the effects that can be created with an invisible person, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, and, you know, obviously a plot is good. This movie killed it on the plot in this story part, in the character part. That part, it killed it on, like, what Godzilla never has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, <laughs> for an Invisible Man horror movie with a hard R rating, you would I thought there'd be more... Like, I really enjoyed watching... You, would, you thought there would have been more Kevin Bacon yeah, tunes. Even the Kevin Bacon... You were about to say, you were about to finish that sentence and said, I really enjoyed Kevin Bacon tunes. You know, penis. I'm not going to lie. I can I, I can. I've never it. noticed the Kevin Bacon penis before. Kind of like, I, like when I first saw um, Watchmen, I didn't have my glasses on, and I did not know that Dr. Manhattan's junk was there on your face the entire time. So we came out <laughs> of the movie, and my friend was talking about Dr. Manhattan's dick, and I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I had no idea that like, they were actually serious about his dick. Um, and so when I saw Hollow Man... Imagine how Dr. Manhattan must feel. Sorry? Imagine how Dr. Manhattan must feel that you, uh, didn't notice his dick, Amanda. Or not Amanda. Andrew. <laughs> but, like, but no, but, and I was, like, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't notice Kevin Bacon's dick the first time I saw this movie. But after you kept mentioning it, I was, when I was watching, I was like, oh, there it is. Oh, now it's in Predator Vision. There it is again. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you see his dick a lot. Um, and flop, it's, like, yep. awkwardly animated floppy and stuff. I'm assuming it's animated. I'm assuming they didn't just, like, videotape his dick. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah that was like that's like Hollow Man does that really well though Hollow Man like it's gimmicky and cheating totally 90s but like 
it has a lot of really cool effects and really, like when he burns all his skin and shit and like his dead skin is revealed mm-hmm. like there's some really interesting things they could have done like here like they really don't like maybe it's because low budget and they didn't want to use a bunch of effects um so i saw a little fe- a featurette i saw him making a featurette um and it was like how we did the effects from the hollow man it was showing like a guy in a green suit pulling her around and i was like god that you you had practical effects and it looked, still looked like shit. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, and I, I just felt like those effect shots, which these movies are made for, were not there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what? Gotcha, as, gotcha. as I rant on more about this movie. Um, <laughs> so uh, are you ready for a slightly deviated talk, or do you want to talk about the film a little bit more? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty much said all I need to say on the film right now. I think it's I think it's still worth a watch, most definitely. I like the angle they put on through. Um, I, I, I guess I could really sum up my feelings with it is the scene in the rain later on, where just they they can do so much with who Invisible Man in the rain, and they don't. But yeah, anyway, what's our other tangent? Right. Well, before that, like I guess yeah, I think I think kind of like what you said. Like I feel like it wasn't a bad movie. I just think like, I never want to see it again. Like. I have little. In- I don't have any interest in ever seeing it again. Like uh, Lindsay fell asleep watching it with me, and she woke up and was just. I'm like, oh, like we rented it and we have it for like two days. You gonna watch it later? She's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> and we were both excited to see. It. Like I was pumped to see this movie, um, and yeah, just did not care for it. Uh, just don't want to see it again. Um, but okay, so we talked about OP and Invisible Man and all that. Um, all right, so my question for you: If you had the invisibility power, what would you do with it? I would sneak into places. So, like, for example, once this pandemic is over and there's a concert that comes on in, I would totally sneak into the concert. Um, that would be the biggest thing I would do, to sneak into places. And probably fuck with people, but, like, in a nice way. Like, I'll go in into their apartments and their homes and, like, close their cabinet doors and wash their dishes and stuff and then leave. That's what I would do. Yeah, see, that's, like... I, like, if I wanted to fuck with someone and make think they're crazy, that's the idea. I'd fucking move the remote and shit, but just, like, a little bit. <laughs> like, or, you know, like, like, like move books around and shit. Like, things that, like, mm-hmm. you're not quite sure they changed, but you're like, I thought that was different. Like, that's the kind of shit I would fuck with. Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. makes me think they're crazy. Like, don't, don't, don't fucking mm-hmm. start a fire. That's, that's too obvious. <laughs> now, the craziest thing that I would do is um, probably, like, be in the room while people talk about me and see what they have to say. That's, that would be dude, I would hate that. Why would you want that? I would hate everybody in the room immediately. <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. Dude. I don't know. Like, yeah, but I, I, like, I, like, I feel like I'd sink into a lot of movies. That'd be, that'd be a good thing to do. Sinking into movies would be fun. Just, like, hope you don't sit somewhere and yeah. try to sit there and you're like, fuck you. Like... Mm-hmm. No, you would stand up until everyone the movie started, and then you would take. A seat. Then you could like go behind people who are talking and shit, and, like throw some stuff at them. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that'd be great. Or actually, dude, I would, I would like try to. Throw, I would, I don't know, throw shit at people as they drive by who drive too fast on the highway. <laughs> Ooh, I'm such a bad person. Like I don't one. know. I would like all the people who like secretly annoy me. Well, not really. No, you would just like if someone tossed out some garbage out their door, just walk on up and then just toss it right back exactly. in. Ooh, it was the wind. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, like, people, like, there, there are people in my neighborhood who have signs that say, like, I don't poop on your lawn or pee on your lawn. Don't you don't pee on mine. I would collect all the neighborhood's poop and just, like, pile it up on their fucking lawn because they're idiots. Like, I would poop on I them. would, I, that's like, honestly, honestly, I, like, would, it's a, I would create a Your hole. sign tells my dog not to poop on your lawn. This is nothing about me. <laughs> 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 like, those are the kind of people I'd want to fuck with. I don't know. I, I, I feel like. What do you okay? So yesterday we talked about not yesterday. Last time we talked about uh, killer dolls and possessed dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What do you think is more scary? Possessed doll or Invisible Man? Invisible, definitely. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, I think that's definitely more... Like, I know there are ways to fuck with it. You know, you can put, like, flour and move it on there, but you have to find it first. And, well, actually, if you're an Invisible Man, you could think, make somebody think that the doll is possessed. You can move the doll around. Yeah, and the biggest thing, too, is just, like, it's not so much the physical invisibility of it. It's just messing with the line. It could always be yeah. there. That would mess with me more than anything else. Actually, no, I changed my mind. If I was an Invisible Man, I would just spend my entire life trying to make people think my doll is possessed. Instead. Just, di- <laughs> you know, divert attention to the doll. And then sell it on eBay. Yeah. No, just, like, fucking move the doll around. Like, oh, it's an Invisible Man. Like, no, guys, possessed doll, obviously. Not Invisible Man. That's stupid. Possessed doll. <laughs> <laughs> I think people. I feel like people would be more likely to believe possessed doll over invisible man. They think that like I could say I feel that. Like yeah. People like I feel like invisible man. People like that doesn't exist. They're like possessed doll. People are like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I I feel like that. Like I have. I'll just move my monkey around different places, and like that will. That will uh, that will scare people. Like I think I think that'd be more effective. And mm. then they make a movie about I it. Totally see that. My, my haunted doll get a movie about it be the best they'd call it toilet monkey and he'd just stab people in the back with his little uh drumsticks he holds <laughs> the ultimate murder see do you have any any other random things uh have you seen any other invisible man movies uh i've seen hollow man and i've saw the original 1933 invisible man when i was going through a classic uh, universal monster thing a couple years uh. ago um, was there a Hammer Invisible Man? I don't know. I know that there there is a Turning Invisible Man. There were, there are a lot of Invisible Man movies actually. Uh, I don't know. I know there. Do you read the book? I know there is, is it H. G. Wells' book? I think. H. G. Wells. Yes, I read that way back in high school when I was going through an H. G. Wells book. I was a huge Jules Verne and H. G. Wells fan, way back when. So you must have loved the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah, no, it was my favorite. So good. You know, uh, Sean Connery just retired at that point because he was just like, you know what? Can't do anything else. Oh, yeah. Gonna go off on top. I thought we had Tom Sawyer in it. That was fucking ridiculous. I need to like, read those comics. That's, I, I don't need to read those comics, but I mm-hmm. want to read those comics. Oh, uh, wait. No, I have seen another Visible Man. Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible oh, Man. Obviously terrifying. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Monster Squad? Was he in Monster Squad? I don't think he was. No, I don't think he was. That'd been funny. I think they should have like, had an aside where he like, walks into a wall and falls over <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't, um, there was a, like, a throwaway image of him in waxwork. Remember, like, we mm-hmm. saw him, but they never showed him doing anything, because they realized how stupid it would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Going back to The Invisible Man. In November 2019, it was announced that a spin-off film centered around the female counterpart to The Invisible Man was still in development. And Elizabeth Banks is, is directing and starring in it, it's going to be called The Invisible Woman. And apparently it's an original story pitch. Wait. So that's where we're going to go. Happening. And looks like it's going to be another reboot. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, was, was Elizabeth Banks is the main character of this one, right? No, Elizabeth God damn Moss. it, stop having Elizabeths. Elizabeth Banks is the, um, duh, 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 she was the Charlie's Angels, Hunger Games, Pitch Oh, Parkers. yeah. Okay. Wait, what? Uh-huh. Yep. Wait, okay, what? Okay, what? Wait, but, but What? But so apparently it's going to be a complete reboot, and it's going to be called The Invisible Woman. And Elizabeth Banks, this is her baby. So are we going to pretend this one didn't happen? It looks like it, but I mean, based on the success, is, is it a comedy? Because the original one's a comedy. Yes. 
I'm assuming probably a Calamity. That's usually yeah. She does turn like unless you know like aside from Power mm. Rangers, which was a dead serious film. Um, <laughs> interesting. I wonder if she'll create the device, or if or I wonder if it will be will it be connected to this. One? It's not connected to this one at all. It does not like like it is now. It says original film. Why? Like because they have no idea what they're but, doing with these monsters. They're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's. But why? <laughs> this is so stupid. Like, you, you have a you have a successful film. Okay, now to be fair, this was announced in November 2019 before this film came out, so they may be revising. Yes, yeah, based on the success of this, maybe maybe Elizabeth Moss will, maybe Elizabeth Banks will direct, but Elizabeth Moss will uh, star as reprising her role. And then Elizabeth Hurley can play the cop friends, and then we've also Oh my god, is, um, is Elizabeth, Elizabeth the Chris of the Monster Universe instead of like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris, <laughs> Chris Pratt? We got, we got... <laughs> we got all the Elizabeths all over the time. Damn. Okay, who else? What, what Elizabeth do we now? My sister, she'll hop in there. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, who was in Austin Powers? Elizabeth... Was that Elizabeth Taylor? I don't know Elizabeths. Elizabeth Warren. Warren jumps in and makes her um, actress debut. Wait, Elizabeth Warren? Like, yes. Like the politician? Like, ran for president, okay, Elizabeth cool, Warren. Yeah, I'll, I'll see her in this. I'm making a joke. That's Wait, what I'm doing. Oh my god, it works with the Invisible Woman because she's not getting enough press coverage. Bam. <laughs> Damn, that's like, that's like a political statement. Look at that. Look, look at that. Look at that political cartoon you just made. <laughs> Wait, so... so it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I like the idea of them rebooting... Because like yeah like what is this is this is this like a dark universe is this the Joker of the series and Invisible Woman's gonna kick off the next dark universe like what's I'm thinking they're just gonna keep on relating uh, making unrelated films what? based on all of these and figuring out but what's why going Invisible on. People <laughs> like I did hear that um the, the director of <laughs> the Invitation is gonna be doing the next Dracula film ooh interesting um, be interesting yeah I I I, mm-hmm. I feel like they need to stop trying to make it a universe. But also, like, if you're going to do another Dracula film, don't make it about Dracula. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's a Dracula Netflix show. Like, it's, I feel like the issue of these properties is, like, you know, 30 Days of Night It. Like, take the vampire concept and, like, go in a different direction with it. Like, this movie, you know, went in a different direction than Invisible Man. Like, it made it fresh and interesting. But, like, another movie about an invisible person is going to be kind of boring. Like, I don't, and, like, Frankenstein would be stupid, like, at this point in time. Like, I don't get it. Make more alien movies. <laughs> make make more alien movies and make more Castlevania movies. Uh, yeah, um, yeah make, make the sequel to Alien Covenant. Done. Because, um, you know, you know, you know what I, you know, even though people don't love those movies, they are definitely going in a direction people didn't expect them to, and they are different. So, uh. Mm-hmm. Also, take Lex at the end of Predator and make AVP three. <laughs> I just I don't know. Like if if you were to see if you wanted a if you want so if you were had only the Dark Universe, Dan, what film would you make next? Mm-hmm. What would be your next? What would be your next steps? Would you continue the Invisible Man? Would you? What would you do? So let's see. Uh, let's find a list of the Universal monsters. I definitely wouldn't do Frankenstein or Dracula. Um, <laughs> so we've got Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, Invisible Man, Wolfman, and Creature from the Lack Black Lagoon. Uh, and um, uh, recently, we've discovered the Phantom of the Opera. 
yes. So apparently that was on there too, original. And the Hunchback of Notre Dame is on there oh. as well. Um, but apparently they're not the core ones. Fire. I would. I would go with the Wolfman. I think a lot of good body horror could be done with that. Yeah, like, and I, I feel with like I, I did. Did you ever see that Benicio del Toro one? When, I don't know how long ago that was. The Benicio del Toro film that came out. What was it called? Yeah, The Wolfman. No, I didn't. Neither did I. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody did. I think that's why. It, <laughs> good talk. <laughs> like, I, if you look on Wikipedia, there's the remake era, and there's Dracula 1979. Uh, oh, I remember that one. There's uh-huh. the Mummy, which oh my god, the Mummy was so good. Uh, Mummy Returns, Van Helsing, Mummy from the Dragon Emperor, that was terrible. The Wolfman, and then the reboot franchise starts with Dracula Untold. Oh, Paul mm-hmm. Feig is making Dark Army. Wait, dude, there's already there's already movies there's already movies in the reboot list. They're making one called... Okay, now I'm assuming most of these are still not done yet. They're still kind of just up in limbo. Yeah, TVA. Well, the Invisible Woman's on here. Monster Mash. Mm -hmm. The Bride of Frankenstein. I know that one was planned. Yeah, Karen Kasuma Mm -hmm. is the one who's doing... um, Or Kusama is doing Dracula. And there he has screenwriters. So these already have screenwriters attached to them. Uh, Mm -hmm. James Wan is producing Frankenstein, which is interesting. Um, I could say that. Yeah, but like he doesn't... uh, I don't know, like what, what is what's Rainfield about? Who's Rainfield? Oh, is that Nos- Oh, it's Nosferatu. What? What the fuck? What is Rainfield? Rain. I'm not. I can't find anything about Rainfield. Is it about Murnau? It is. Oh, Rainfield. Dry as Rainfield in Dracula. Oh, oh, he's um. He is, uh, I think he's one of the people who gets, uh, who gets turned into a vampire. He's the one who gets, becomes, like, who goes, like, insane. Isn't he, um, he's his familiar. That'd be kind of cool. I like the idea of following his familiar. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Oh, he's the flying yeah, guy. Okay. okay. I, I, I didn't quite understand. Yeah, he's the guy, yeah, he's the familiar. He's the guy that eats the flies. It's interesting that he, he's coming stuff. before the Dracula film. I wonder if it's going to be tied into it. Okay, I... I like Absolutely. the idea of that. I think it's stupid that they're doing that because they want to just make another fucking movie. <laughs> like, what is <laughs> what is the point of that? Like, why? I don't. I don't. Like, let's make a movie about this one si- obscure side character from a Dracula film. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. I don't. Amy Pascal. It's. I don't. So Amy Pascal is directing the is doing the Bride of Frankenstein. Which is interesting. Because um, I know she's the Sony Pictures woman. Uh, interesting. Um, she, yeah, she did Veteran Homecoming. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Paul Feig doing Dark Army. Just because... Yeah, me too. I've never really seen anything I particularly thought he was good at or liked. And... Was it he did, he did Freaks and Geeks? But, like, he's, like... That was a long time ago, and then he did Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters, and I just... Well, like, uh, yeah, it, it, it nah. makes me not think that he's going to make a good movie. <laughs> like, it makes mm-hmm. it makes me wonder what this movie is going to be, what Dark Army is going to be about. It seems like he's very out of his elements, if he's trying to make a Like, unless movie. it's another comedy, like, because, like, it's, it's the next one on the roster after Invisible mm-hmm. Man, like, nothing's been built for a Dark Army to occur, unless it's, like, the sequel to The Mummy or something. Like, mm-hmm. what is... What is the dark? I wonder if I can Google this. Let's see. Dark Army movie. Is it like Army of Darkness two? Oh, see, God, I I like, so. he he teased it as of 
2020. Let's see. Um, um, Dark Army. It is... He's not planning on making a straight-up horror movie. Instead, he wants it to evoke the tone of classic universal monster films. So that doesn't make me feel really good. <laughs> um, but well, we shall I guess, see. I guess it seems like this might be the uh, this might be the what their attempt is to launch the dark universe. So maybe they're going to make it like a comedic male mm-hmm. one. Maybe they're trying to get some Abbott and Costello kind of uh, vibes with it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, fifth times the term. Yeah. So. That's that's clearly what it is. <laughs> it's all right. Sounds yeah. good. I don't know. That'd be weird. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, thank you to our band, um, uh, Teddy's Atlas, uh, for the Son Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. And I think that's it for us. Have a yeah, great day. Bye.